Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. On this week's episode, Deputy Editor, Editor Luca Rossi will be discussing the ongoing situation with Altis and Senior Analyst Ben Kovacka will be covering Intralot. So, Ben, why has Intralot been topical? So the Intralot situation uh, accelerated in mid-February when the first news surfaced that Inteltech, uh, the company's JV with Turkcell, was going to lose its physical sports betting contract in Turkey to a joint venture between Intralot's US competitor Scientific Games and Demiroran. Inteltech brought in over 10% of the group's EBITDA in the first nine months, so obviously it's a fairly significant business for the company. So this uh, raises numerous questions regarding uh, Intralot, given its highly uh, 6.1 turns uh, levered capital structure based on proportionate debt, uh, cash and EBITDA, even before the loss of a contract. Um, so the headline uh, leverage number of the company is much lower, though. Uh, I just want to stress that at uh, 3.8 turns due to the... Um, uh, operational uh, model of the company, which operates through a JV structure. So, um, you know, because we're consolidating businesses that are, you know, around 50% owned, uh, uh, this artificially uh, kind of lowers the leverage of the company. But, uh, you know, but if you actually look at the proportionate ownership, the leverage is much higher, around six turns, as I mentioned. That's interesting. So um, what does the capital structure look like? So uh, the company had uh, around uh, 770 million euros in debt as of third quarter end, of which uh, 745 million was uh, concentrated between uh, uh, 250 million in bonds due 2021 and 495 million due 2024. Now, given the high leverage, refinancing of the notes uh, may prove a little tricky for the company. So um, to address uh, the near-term 250 million mature, uh, maturity in 2021, the company has several levers to pull. It had about 113.4 million in proportionate cash. So uh, this would be cash adjusted for the proportional ownerships in the JV, uh, JVs that the company has, as previously mentioned. Um, then there is a stake in GameNet that the company has worth around 55 million euros and uh, capacity to issue uh, about 100 million euros of secured debt. And further, there's 70 million uh, euros of undrawn RCFs. However, of this um, 30 million euros matures ahead of the 2021 bonds. Um, so now when you add these numbers up, this gets uh, the company close to the required, well, actually over the required 250 million uh, euros. Although, you know, there's not much room for error and obviously the company requires uh, cash to operate, um, etc. So should this happen, uh, the company's 495 million euros bondholders would find themselves uh, at the bottom of the capital structure uh, with new secured debt ahead of them. Uh, you know, and should Intralot struggle to grow its uh, US business to make up for the lost uh, EBITDA or um, you know, uh, not be able to grow into its capital structure in Europe, the 24th could face uh, some serious issues. So um, if the refinancing falls through, on the other hand, uh, there, it is very likely that the kind of the, the gap between the price of the 2021 20, uh, bonds and the 2024 bonds, which has been actually fairly wide, will close uh, very quickly since uh, these are pari passu. So it's uh, going to be very interesting to kind of monitor what happens there. Right, there's a lot of options there. So which one do you think is most likely at the moment? So Intralot's uh, largest senior node, holder, node holders are already kind of offered to provide more than 100 million euros uh, of new money to help the Greek uh, gaming group address uh, the maturity in 2021, which I've mentioned. So under the proposal, the new money would be secured uh, with uh, new assets and would have about uh, kind of four year maturity. So 
if the if this facility is taking up this year, it would fall kind of due uh, before the Intralot's uh, 495 million euro senior notes due September 2024. And uh, it's kind of uh, important to mention that bondholders have not formed a group yet, although uh, some legal advisors have uh, done some provisional work. And also uh, another important point is that uh, kind of the, the company has previously guided to be kind of cash flow neutral. Uh, we will see, uh, you know what it does in 2019, but uh, given that the maturity is in 2021, it it is not facing any immediate liquidity issues. So you know, given that the facility is being provided now, uh, although it is not really necessary to to have it now, it's kind of uh, you know we, we should wait and see what the company decides to do. Okay, but that's not the only issues. I mean, what about what about the contract exposures the group has? Is there anything else we should be worried about? So the company has another contract in Turkey, although. Uh, you know, this is uh, not at such risk as, as the Intel Tech contract was. So its subsidiary billionaire, uh, which provides online betting services, uh, has uh, is one of six uh, players in the market in online betting services in, in sports betting uh, in Turkey currently. So uh, between of these six, billionaire, which is the Intralos JV, uh, Nesine and Misli command about 85% market share currently with Misli kind of being the smallest one between 10 to 15% market share. So Billionaire has a significant presence there. And, uh, you know, given that the, the license was given to uh, several players, it is unlikely that Intralot will be the one to lose it since uh, it's a several, pl uh, uh, several player market. Now, that being said, it is currently unclear whether there will be any change to the fee structure, to the historic fee structure. Um, that, uh, the comp uh, that the companies to kind of enjoy at the billionaire level. Uh, there are a few other contracts that are coming up for renewal in the mid-2019, such as Moroccan contract, and it will be interesting to follow these, but uh, there's not much color at the moment. On the Thanks, Ben. Luca, last week, the telecommunications company Altice reported its fourth quarter results. What are the main takeaways of those numbers? Hi, Sean. So I'll focus on two sets of numbers. First, Altis France achieved a strong level of customer acquisitions in the fourth quarter of 2018 and won back more than 1.3 million customers over the whole year. Churn, which is the percentage rate at which customers stop subscribing to a service, declined 30% in the fourth quarter year over year. Even more importantly, management guided the revenue growth for 2019 of 3 to 5% for Altis France and an adjusted EBDA of around 4 to 4.1 billion euros. In 2018, Altis France's adjusted EBITDA reached 3.8 billion euros. Finally, management guided a leverage for Altis Europe of 4.25 times in the next two years. Okay, so why do high-yield investors care so much about Altice? So let me start with uh, what Altice does. Um, Altice Europe is a multinational cable and telecommunications company operating in France, Belgium, Israel, Luxembourg and Portugal, as well as in some overseas territories such as the Dominican Republic. Altis Europe was launched at the start of uh, January 2018 after the separation between Altis USA and Altis NV, which became Altis Europe. Credit investors monitor it closely mainly because of the huge capital structure of around 30 billion euros, which could present some very interesting investment opportunities. Okay, that makes sense. 
So what's the main angle when looking at the Altice bonds? So uh, Altice is still considering several options to refinance its 2022 notes sitting at the holding company level. So Altice Luxembourg bonds, which don't forget are junior to the SFR notes, uh, which sit at the operating company level. So it's likely that a plan will be announced as soon as Altis receives a binding offer for its Portuguese fiber network, a bid that should come by the end of the second quarter of 2019. So Altis could proceed with a combination of two things. First, repay part of the whole co-notes with some of the cash from asset disposals and potentially then raise new debt. Some sources have suggested debt could be raised at the holding company level. However, remember that uh, the other Altis Luxembourg notes, which mature in 2025, are now trading at a cash price of 94.95. They were at 89 before the company's results. Another option could see that incurrence at the operating company level or SFR, maybe through a new vehicle where the debt is junior to the existing SFR bonds, but senior to Altis Luxembourg 2022 notes. Uh, Altis's management always said that it planned to push down debt to the operating company level. At the same time, it promised to keep leverage there at below four times. Another alternative would be a partial repayment of the Luxembourg 2022 notes and waiting until SFR performance improves before raising new debt at that level. So it's going to be interesting to see how the company will decide to proceed on that front. So is there anything else we should keep in mind about the situation? Well, yes. Two things to monitor are first, the performance of Altis France in 2019 and second, the evolution of the telecommunication market in France. Rumors of a consolidation have been circulating for a long time. And although probably nothing will happen in 2019, this is something to always keep in mind. Currently, in France, there are four telecommunication operators. So there is SFR, which is Altis, Orange, Bouygues and Iliad. Thanks, Luca. That's it from this week's Reorg Europe podcast. Please join us again in two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs>